Thank you for joining us, everyone, for another episode of Creatives Chat. Episode 45, featuring Janine. Join us as we chat about who knows what. Our show shall begin now. Streaming from Retro Earth Studio and brought to you by WeAreHistorically.com Conscious Human Apparel and Learn to play jazz piano like a pro by a pro with Jazz Piano Pro Essentials at jazzpianopro.com Hi and welcome to another episode of Creatives Chat. I'm Rusty. I'm Peter. And today we have a very special guest lined up for everyone. Peter, tell our audience who it's going to be. Ooh, Rusty, we have a guest who's been a career tarot reader and spiritual coach for 35 years. She teaches tarot on Patreon, and three years ago, she started a YouTube channel with a fellow tarot reader. She's now turned truther and loving it. I'm excited to bring on the show today, Janine from Tarot by Janine. Everybody, prepare to have your minds blown. Meet Janine. And Janine, I'm so excited to chat with you today. How are you doing? Good. Good, Peter. Well, first off, thank you for coming on a Creatives Chat. And I've been really excited to do this interview because when it stands out to me, when you can feel someone's energy through their film and through their channel and when they're doing these deep dives, when they're doing these readings, it's always a clear-cut sign that they're coming from the heart space. And that's why we pulled you on the show today. And before we really dive deep, why don't you let the audience know, who are you? What do you do? What is tarot? <laughs> what is tarot? Yeah, good question. Um, well, I'm pretty much an obsessive tarot reader. You could say a workaholic even. So I've been a career reader for 35 years. I started in my so mid-20s and uh, yeah, I fell into it really magically, frankly. I'd always been an intuitive person, but I, I mm. literally was told by a reader that I would get obsessed with tarot and then that would be my life's work. And it's absolutely what happened. I literally got obsessed with it, had a teacher for many years, had a friend bring me to, to lessons and then just started doing it as a full-time work by about, I think 80 would have been 80, 89, probably full time. And then wow. all through the 90s and well, right up until now, about three years ago, I started a YouTube channel and I was always wanting to do a YouTube channel. But another tarot reader who's also a filmmaker, friend of mine, said, why don't we start a YouTube channel? And it was about, yeah, it was about three years ago. So all of a sudden now we're we're doing these YouTubes. So I'm still reading daily. Oh, wow. Like I literally brought up two kids uh, as a single parent on tarot income. And yeah, I taught it. I obsessed about it. I had a huge clientele. And then all of a sudden now I'm, I'm, I'm reading on uh, YouTube, which is just a riot. So I'm like late 50s. I'm jumping in there on YouTube sort of pre-truther right so all these truthers have sort of popped yeah. up in the last year and I, ever since the kind of lockdown situations happened i'm reading about the royals i'm reading about uh the uh, political situation in the u.s even though i'm canadian yeah. uh, i got lots of opinions i'm actually uh, unfortunately brainwashed by cnn at that time so wow. I was down on uh, Mr. T, just like a lot of people were. Can we say the word Trump? Yeah, yeah. Go <laughs> so we don't I care about censorship here. Right? Yeah. So then I then my card started disagreeing with me. And uh, I had to take a step back from the political readings because I was getting kind of red-pilled, they're calling it. And I started to realize that my whole, what I believed to be true was especially about the whole political situation was completely the opposite and that everything I thought was good was bad and everything I thought was bad was good and it, uh, this awakening happened and it quite rather quickly I might add I had a lot of help from uh, my 
tech guy in the background uh, who was helping me with the videos, but also he he was um, very red pilled himself, and he let me on my own figure out. Wow, uh, everything I thought about the situation in the world was was upside down. So then I stepped back. I started looking at the royals instead, and that led me to uh, the same place. So it, we got into deeply into the royal stuff, and then it kind of led me into everything. Led back to the whole world isn't what you seem. The mainstream yeah. media is completely lying to us. Everything we think we know about the elites and uh, especially royal families is totally the opposite. They're often very evil, and uh, there's this whole dark cult. Uh, culture going on right under our noses so it was like oh my goodness that's all of that happened online that's so that's the wild stuff is you know you go through this spiritual process you develop yourself as this esteemed tarot reader and all of a sudden you're going through a reality breakdown like this epic dark night of the soul so. but and it was especially with the relation with the cards how did it feel when you were going through this journey and you were trying to question like nah I'm not sure I buy that and time and time again they were coming up showing you the truth like how does that feel yeah <laughs> you sound like you've read cards because that's exactly how it was I was literally being red pilled by my cards. So the higher universe was, it decided it was time to let Janine in on what's really going on and, and the whole world in on it at the same time. So it went in degrees. So yeah. it would like, it was easing us into it, like audience and myself all red pilling at the same time. Well, a lot of the audience, frankly, knew way more than I did. <laughs> a lot of people watching me kept writing me and saying, okay, you got it all wrong, Janine. You got Trump all really? wrong. Oh, yeah. And, and of course, I thought, okay, they're just, uh, you know, saying that, right? Of course, I didn't believe it, right? But then the cards agreed. So, oh, yeah, oh. it was it was uh, comical sometimes and, and re cringy other times. If you go back and watch my old videos, and we still left them up because, you know, I own everything I am. And I don't, yeah. somebody... He might try to throw that in my face someday because I'm a huge Trump in the white hats or now, now I'm literally a patriot. Now I literally yeah. want to move to Texas. <laughs> I love it. Just Americanized. To the, to yeah, degree. I'm all Americanized. And, and like all my <laughs> friends have dropped me. My family thinks I'm nuts. Yeah. yeah. It's a lonely place right now. Well, that's just, I feel like, I mean, I resonate with that hundred percent purely because I've come to understand how overwhelming it is for people to recognize that yeah. their entire paradigm is just false. It's been this show, it's been this masquerade. And, you know, I've been trying to, I've, I've at this point just let people say, you know, like, bless your heart, whatever happens with you, it's your karma to deal with. But I completely relate to that. It, it's yeah. jarring to understand and conceive that everything revolves around these darker practices and there are people who have such nefarious agendas but when i always just try to ease it into people with a little red pill sprinkles of just follow the money just follow the money and see where it goes and it always often reveals the ties the yeah kind of messed up books where you're like yeah. oh that's they're missing like trillions of dollars that's not yeah right. yeah follow the money is right you know it well, I'm really curious, though, because I feel like that's a pretty big misconception of tarot. And just full disclosure for the audience, I don't actually read. I'm more of the, the meditative, spiritual, tapping into yeah. source and the flow. But yeah. I've done a lot of history and, and research into it because I found that tarot's really deeply rooted with numerology and astrology. Yeah. And I didn't know that. I was just kind of like, oh, these people reading cards. And I do know that there's a lot of perception that can kind of get involved in how people are deciphering what the cards are giving them. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious how that kind of adjustment was where you were like, you had to come to accept like, wait, what are they really telling me? Cause you're yeah. very open and you're very honest when you do your readings. That's why I love you. Cause it's like, Oh, she actually really deduces things and sees pretty objectively. So mm -hmm. yeah. Expand well, if you can. That, that took a lot of practice um, yeah. over the years. Cause I, I've had this huge, you know, doing this daily for years and years and years, you do develop. And I literally, and I'm not, it's not trying to brag, but I had thousands of clients and over the years, 
because that's a lot of years to do something and uh, doing it daily and absolutely a career reader. So I studied very intently while I was studying tarot, numerology and astrology. And in fact, you need to be, if you're going to really make it a career as a reader and be any really good at it and excel, and there are very few that do, right? Because you do need to study those things. You also need to be a life coach, like a spiritual coach. Uh, You have to be working on your own stuff the whole time because everybody, all your clients that come in reflect back to you what you're learning. So the tarot and my clients taught me how the spirit world works. I was brought up Catholic. I had, but I was in my heart. I knew that wasn't right. I knew that Catholicism, there's something deeply uh, sinister about it. In fact, I, from a really young age, I was absolutely pretty sure uh, Catholicism needed to be brought down. And I even used to think that we got to bring down that Catholic church. Yeah, there's something really sinister about it. And that was what I thought from a really young age. And I didn't know where those thoughts came from. Yeah. Mm. So I kind of was on to some intuitively. I was very on to things. I'm part Indigenous Canadians. So uh, I you know, I really, um, I like spirit totem animals really appeal to yeah. me. I can feel the energies of nature. Like when I go hang out around trees, I got a favorite tree. It's my best friend. It's been my best friend through the whole lockdown. And it's literally right outside my front door in inner city where I live. It, you can walk out. There's my tree. I just love my tree. Yeah, I'm moving soon, so I'm going to miss my tree. That's a big problem. But I'll have to just bring the energy of my tree with me. See, this is where you could get next level uh, and cut a little bit of a sprig off of it and get a little transplant going. Continue the tree. <laughs> spread the tree across where you're going. Yeah. Um, well, that's a very fascinating concept. In terms of the the healing journey, I think that's one of the most fascinating things of everyone kind of tapped into the woo, as it's so-called nowadays. Um but the fact that it's always a mutual healing journey, it's always revealing things about yourself as you're doing the readings. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I was so lucky to have this for my life work. It literally, where, where I separate, like I, I see a lot of readers out there and out there's wonderful, fantastic readers, but then there's mm-hmm. other ones that actually believe they're the source somehow of all this wisdom, which is totally not correct at all the people come in and their higher self works with your higher self the cards help you interpret and put it all into a story form okay and they give you timelines and they give you more details so you can actually be practically useful which by the way because we're souls living in a body you know i and i'm a tourist so I'm a, a pole, so I like to be practically useful. So I'm really intuitive, but then I want to be useful about it. Okay, uh-huh. so how does this like actually help the person that I'm working with uh, have a better life somehow or love themselves somehow or whatever we're trying to do, right? But their higher selves working with my higher self and the egos get the boot out of the room. This is what you I've practiced my whole yeah. like. The whole day that I was reading is was about my clients, and I'm not a martyr, wow. not even close. Because by the end of that, I so didn't want to talk about anybody else's stuff. Let me tell you. So I do that for X amount of hours a day that I agreed, like mm-hmm. maybe five hours or six, and that's a long day for a reader. Yeah. But then I was I was kind of obnoxious after that. Now my ego wants to strut, so I'm just being honest, right? Uh, I have a really big ego, but I was able and am able, this is what I practiced, to get outside the room when I'm reading. And that's why I come across, for the most part, not always, but I try to uh, be detached because it's not about me. It's about whatever we're reading about is trying to tell us something and not it's not about my opinion at that point. Well, and that's a beautiful statement in the sense of, you know, trying to, if you're really trying to do the healing work, you have to leave the ego outside of the room because it's going to start to interfere with things. Have you ever seen or experienced yourself kind of learning this detachment that your preference and your kind of what you wanted and your aspirations would come out through the cards or were they always kind of get humble checked by the cards? A lot of humble check. And when I really have a big situation that is about me, I go to a reader that I trust. God, I don't try to read my own. Like I'll read on really simple things like, and this is going to sound funny, but 
trust me, I've read on stuff like this. Do I need a plumber right now? Or can, can, can this situation just mend itself? Uh, like really practical things where I'm not, my heart's not really involved. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But if yeah, it's yeah. about my love life or my children and, or even my career, I have to go uh, to a reader because mm-hmm. I'm not going to be objective and I know it. So yeah. Interesting. That's a very interesting take because there's so many people that I know that I know a few of you are listening to the show, but there's quite a few of the tarot readers in my life where that separation hasn't arisen yet. And it's almost like a, a hijacking of the ego that takes over this really kind of humble practice and it reinforces the negative loops and cycles in their life. So I think that's probably one of the most important things for everyone to hear. I just want to highlight that again, get your ego out of the card reading. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Cause that's, that's where you go wrong and thinking that you're the source, you're not the source you are channeling and the uh, universal love. Like I'm channeling people's higher selves. Like a lot of readers Mm -hmm. believe in, and like, and that they are, you know, I'm not saying they're not, but they're channeling people's guides. Well, I never mm. saw it that way because I, th- my belief is you're channeling their higher self. So they're the God mm. goddess in them, the yeah. part of them that connects to source, which we're all, all of us are part of it and may, we make it up together, but we're yeah. not, we're not it ourselves, but we're not less than it either. So my view was that my, my higher self and their higher self were getting together and talking to their ego self about what they needed to hear. And usually it would reflect yeah. something I was learning, you know, and as I worked through all those years, I did, I had to work on all my stuff. You, you don't have to be perfect and healed to be a reader, obviously, but you do, cause you know, who's perfect and healed really. Uh, and that takes years and years and lifetimes but you do yeah. need to be open to doing your work as you go. So sometimes I'd even have all my clients would have the same issue that I was avoiding looking at, and they'd all come in and reflect that issue. The whole world reflects your belief and what you're working on. So as yeah. a race, the whole situation in the world right now is reflecting something we're all working on together. Yeah. So somehow we're all linked to whoever's on the earth plane right now, we're all linked together in this time and we got something to learn together. Like this is, I, I, you know, you can make it about everything. Yeah, no, I, Oh, I love every ounce about that answer because everything is always that reflection. And I find, again, it comes back to the concepts of the law of attraction, like like attracts like whatever you're needing in that highest realm of the heart, life is going to start to present with you these opportunities to see if you can overcome it or if you're going to go right back around the rotary, you know, And it's fascinating to hear. So in terms of the healer's practice, what are some of the things you do to kind of refuel from working with other people? Because I always know that there's an energy exchange in this. How do you keep yourself vitalized? Yeah. Well, okay. First of all, I should, I should tell you that I don't know if you know astrology, but I'm a, uh, the year of the ox. So we're literally workaholics, Uh, ox and a bull. Yeah. Double. Okay. The work. <laughs> so the idea of work is the most fun. Like I love work and I don't know about other oxes, but we're kind of crazy. So it's good that we <laughs> like our work because we were obsessed with doing our work. Okay. Yeah. In my case, it's whatever work universe puts in front of me right now, it's YouTube. I dropped even all my clients and some of them are <laughs> quite upset with me. I'm pretty sure uh, to do the YouTube channel. That was a huge A income and B a big part of my life. And I loved it, but I knew, and my personality is just like this. I knew that whatever I'm doing right now, I have to do it. It's yeah. like it became in front of me and it became really clear that I'm part of this movement and I have to put everything on the wayside and jump in here, both feet, which I did. And uh, yeah, it's pretty intense, right? Because if we're, let's just say, and this isn't at all true, or and I don't believe this for one second, but say we were wrong about everything we're talking about, that's going to ruin my career. <laughs> like if we're, if uh, Mr. T is really a bad guy, and Mr. B is really in charge, do you know what I mean? If the, everything's yeah. uh, never, like this was all a delusion, illusion, like I had to take a lot of risks to go, okay, 
Yeah. Here's what I believe. And I had to actually eat a lot of crow to move over here because I was talking uh, smack talk in Trump. OK, and I had and and the Republicans and I didn't even know what I was talking about because I, I don't even know anything about politics, really. But I was just listening to CNN and I had yeah. to admit it. OK, I think. But it brought us yeah. to the media is is programming us. I had to be yeah. in that program state to understand what was happening and then uh, jump out of that state and look at it and go, okay, I've been there. I know how it feels, but we got to get out of yeah. this. Facts. And that's the kind of vibe that I feel is going on right now. And, and I love the word you use for it, programming because yeah. the, the mass spells and brainwashing yeah. that everyone's kind of undergoing. Yeah. I mean, I'm seeing it unravel to a degree, but I'm still at that point now where I'm like, I don't know what it's going to take for some people to really see it. You know, it's yeah. that karmic journey each one's going to have to undertake. I do not know either because some people are so, I think it's going to take spiritual intervention at this point. I really do. I think the universe has to mm. make us make it take a, take a step. We need help. Actually, yeah. we need like we're doing the best we can. Mr. T and the White Hats are doing the best and have been for years. Apparently, there's been this alliance group, which a lot of people don't believe is true. But in my soul, I can feel it's true. And the cards keep saying it's true. So I'm going with that. You know what I mean? That's blind yeah. trust because I haven't met any of them or anything. You know, <laughs> yeah, we're just putting together all of these really weird clues. Yeah, right? I, I right? I get why people think we're nuts. You know what I mean? I get it. But um, you, you kind of have to be nuts to buy CNN at this time, or for instance, or any news media. Yeah. I'm fully with you on that one. It, it's well, I guess that's one of the things that's so fascinating is how many. So, this is a kind of a newbie question because I don't really know anything. How many cards are in a tarot deck? Uh, 78. Okay, so that's the thing right there. 78, I'm seeing you shuffle. Every time it's coming up with consistency, consistency. Yeah, and yeah. at what point do people have to say yeah. that it's just a coincidence? Yeah, like There's the devil in the hierophant, the devil in the hierophant. And then always the, the Trump bunch, they come up as the emperor or the king of wands. Every time. <laughs> Every time. It's like, okay. And that's just fascinating to me in terms of the, well, actually, I guess I'll pop with this question. In terms of the tarot deck, mm -hmm. how do you know which one's the one for you? Because there's so many different things out yeah. there. There's a lot of decks, okay, that are created and they're, they're beautiful. Like there's hundreds, but <laughs> a lot of them aren't channeled work. So they're created to be beautiful, but they didn't, somebody didn't channel. They don't work as a tool. So uh, I go back to the very, uh, really basic one. I got the Rider weights, what I always use, really basic. Okay. And it's it's been around for a long time. And of course, a lot of people link it to, you know, because the people that created it or somebody that was involved in it was a high up Mason. So I get it. There, But the reason they created the tools, even if bad people created them or had something to do with them, the woman that painted them, Okay, Pamela, she was actually really good, you can tell, right? So there's yeah. this mixed energy of dark and light, like bad and good in it or whatever. Uh, so there, that's good. That's a balance. The whole world's made up of that. So we need mm. that. Okay, you just have to know where you stand and what your intention is when you use a tool. It's mm. like somebody created a knife and it can, it can murder people, but it can also uh, chop your food and be yeah. very useful in a lot of different ways. It's who's using it, who's using that instrument. It's a, it's a tool. And yeah. uh, long, uh, for a very long time, the dark cult, cabal, you know, Illuminati, they've been keeping those tools to themselves, those very okay. useful tools. Don't forget that they... Uh, as soon as they pick up on children in, in their little, it's not little either, their big fold and their families, they, they are looking for the intuitive ones. And then, of course, they train them up to work for them. You know, in their yeah. hideous yeah. ways that they do these things and they program those children to work for them. Okay, yeah. so survivors of that, those cult families have come out and said, yeah, I was trained to be 
you know, an intuitive or whatever, and they prize those people. So, and meanwhile, they've yeah. got the front, the church. So the Catholic church was really, really big in the inquisition times, of course, and was, was the ones telling everybody. And we know back then, you, if you think the popes are bad now, have a look at the history of those original popes. They were the nastiest people around. And that's where they, you know, it just continued, you know, this, this cover up. I don't get why people would even listen to somebody called a Pope. All you got to do is yeah. look at the history of those guys and then watch, look at yeah. what they're wearing. Okay. But that's a whole nother. Okay. Like they're wearing yeah. red shoes and that oh signaling gosh, yeah. all of the signals Dude, of pedophilia. That. It's like, yeah, okay. I didn't even think about the red shoes. Well, it's I mean, scary. It's the so one scary. thing that's so fascinating too is, you know, I was always, I would, of all the things that I was given from my parents and the good and the bad, you know, I think one of the biggest takeaways for me is they let me kind of have my own spiritual freedom. And it was, you know, I got to experience Southern Baptist church, kind of experience the hypocrisy of that, had yeah. the opportunity for like Jewish temple, mm-hmm. didn't care for that mm-hmm. and got into like the Eastern sciences. And then in high school, I actually went to a Catholic high school. And one of the questions that I remember asking, uh, rest in peace, brother green. And I remember asking him, um, why would Jesus have people eat and drink his body and blood? Like they were against cannibalism. Like, why would they do that? And I remember he would get really frustrated with me. And then when I kind of had one of my bigger kind of spiritual awakenings in the darker aspects of the world and the different rituals, it came back to that aspect of just the darkest of dark cannibalism, pedophilia, that the elite specialty. And for those listening, I really want you just to take this with the understanding that this is readily available information. You know, like the FBI has so many different catalogs of just the symbols, the networks, the people that they do. We all know that this was really broadcasted to the world through Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. And just the fact that the elites and all of the top echelon of society, the 1% who own all the companies, (laughs) the industries, they're all in cahoots. They're all using this network to tickle their fancies in the most absurd yeah. ways and i think and that's utilizing just our children to do it and yeah. or our peoples not just children and it's coming out more and more these different celebrities and you know the rich rich elites that went to these boarding schools and talk yeah. about yeah i kind of feel like i went through like mk ultra programming yeah. oh i was abused we were taken in the middle of the night and yeah. i actually got to know a friend in college who went to a boarding school and by the time we were in college like freshman year um she's entirely into like the party life, knows what to do, has all these things. And I'm like, how long have you been doing this? Oh, since I was like 13. And it's just like, you don't realize that the influence of these adult themes and what they've been really conditioned to believe is the right in real world has been at a young age. And I'm really curious about the taking away of kids with their intuition. Cause I feel like we live in a institution where, you know, schools indoctrination to remove those natural talents, but You know, for yourself coming up, how did you awaken to your intuitive abilities? Like, what were some of the things you experienced that really brought you to tarot and mm-hmm. really amplifying your own mystical abilities? Yeah, I was a bit of a strange duck. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I definitely was. I was the third daughter of uh, seven children. And my parents had, uh, they were married really young. Like, my mom was only like 19 when she had her first born, I think married at 17 or something with her parents' permission. But, you know, they were soulmates or still are. They're still alive, living together and soulmates. That's Absolutely. Beautiful. You know, of course, that you know, they had their hardships, but they're, you know, still together and still working it out. You're right. Wonderful people, by the way, but extremely young souls. I'll just I'll just say that. Like they, they believe the Pope says the truth and they still believe everything the mainstream media says. But that's, you know, it's just what they're doing this lifetime. Uh, Now, I was uh, always intuitive and I was two months premature, first of all, which is interesting. And so I spent two months in an incubator in 1961. So a baby incubator back then was almost like what how they incubate chicken eggs nowadays like it was like it's literally this big thing with a dome over it and it had uh, a way you could put your hands in but you have your hands in these black gloves so for the first two months of my life I was in this thing okay which is interesting very you're supposed to get a lot of touch the first 
like weeks and months of your birth to be a really normal child. Okay. I didn't get that. Um, my mom yeah. and dad were really disconnected from me because they couldn't hold me. They, back then they didn't realize you should put, even nowadays they put the newborns, even if they're preemies on the parent's skin. And I didn't have any of that. So wow. I was probably a bit weird, right? I was a bit of a weird and I always wore glasses when I was young and I now understand even when I didn't need them, I'd wear, I wanted glasses. And uh, hmm. when I first started reading, I would put my glasses on, even though they're only for driving. So I, yeah. my only dis, um, disadvantage with my eyesight is far distance. So I didn't need okay. them when I was reading people's cards, I should have taken them off, but I put them on because people were too close and it was too intimate. Okay, so it was very intimate to read people's cards, right, to read them. Wow. And I didn't like hugs or touches. And when I was younger, I was a really, I desperately probably needed a hug being a Taurus, but uh, I would just sit and cry. And my dad finally figured out, he tells me this later, okay, this girl needs a hug, we just have to grab her, even though she looks like she doesn't want one. Uh, I wanted one more than anything. <laughs> just gotta grab I was just, you know, so the things that come along with, but you know, so mostly really good, right? Mostly yeah. super good. Okay. So uh, I started visiting the graveyard at a really young age. There was a graveyard right across from where I lived. So we lived in this community and I started visiting the graveyard at a young age, probably about grade three, two, maybe. So I would have been eight, maybe yeah. something like that. So there was this graveyard and I go visit and sit by the graves. I would always find, and I do this all by myself. So I'd walk across what is now a really busy highway, but back then it was just a, a kind of a, a road that became a highway later yeah. and in this suburb we lived in. Okay. And I would sit by the graves that looked like they were like, there was a whole section for children. So you could tell which were, and I made friends with, so I'd imagine, I thought I was imagining uh, the people's lives or what the children were like. So I'd read the name and I would get the feeling about what they were like. And then by, so I'd sit there and like, I had this imagination life. And then I'd walk home later after visiting all my favorite ones and talking to the trees okay I was doing all of this but never told anybody I was doing this and then I'd go home I'd write notes about it too so I had notebooks that I would write their lives what I thought were their lives and then I'd go home and I'd um they'd follow me so the the children some of them would come with me to play with me in the backyard and I remember the the wind would blow the the gate shut and it would shut as many times as how many kids were this is what I thought so that I would count how many times that we had this gate that was easily flapping in the wind. And if it uh, slammed shut three times, three kids visit came with me. So I would play with them in the backyard. Whoa. Right? Yeah. I was quite a, a strange duck. Right. And meanwhile, I had all this imagination and my mom said she would watch me from the window, uh, the kitchen window and wonder what the heck and who I, was I talking to. Right. They always thought I was kind of weird. Um, but yeah, and I also went around my neighborhood constantly taking notes and people thought I was spying, like everyone thought I was spying, but I was actually, it was very psychological. I was trying to understand uh, what was really going on in the neighborhood. So it, it would present a certain way, but I was trying to figure out what the dynamics of the families really were, which I guess kind of was spying. So yeah, I was a bit of a weird kid. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, but I didn't know anything about tarot. And then by the time I was, I think, er, so I'd been, you know, we'll skip over the whole married and divorced. So I was married at 20, divorced mm. by 27. Oh. We're not even going to talk about that. I learned what a narcissist was up close and personal, the biggest narcissist in the universe. I ended up marrying him. Okay. Uh, but anyway, whatever. And, but I learned the hard way, you know, not to just uh, be a, a, do a doormat basically so anyway yeah. no children in that thank goodness out of that and by 27 that's when I started um I was hanging out with this really intuitive wonderful friend of mine and she took me to a reader had my first tarot reading 
okay, ever, never had a reading. And it was in a lounge. So they were called lounges or the quiet side of a bar, right? So I don't know if you're too young to remember, yeah. but there used to be these big taverns and then they had a quiet side, okay? Mm. Yeah, I was yeah. in the Pro Child Inn in Calgary back in the day. I remember exactly. And this old lady was reading and she was drinking a beer the whole time, <laughs> right? She was brilliant, by the way, brilliant. And she was using playing cards. So this is really interesting. She wasn't even using tarot cards. And she did this layout that I still use now. I went and found it, you know, and now I've, I've studied it for years and I now I use it. It's fascinating. Uh, mm -hmm. But it was a layout that would look at your whole life. And she basically what? said, first of all, that I would get obsessed with tarot. Uh, I'd make it my whole life. My career was, you know, long story short, my career was going to come. I'd have a couple of, you know, relationships you know, but they wouldn't last that long. And uh, like love life was going to be kind of a shit show, basically, is what she said, which was true. And uh, but I'd have wonderful two kids out of it. And I would um, get obsessed with tarot. And that would be more my the love of my life was tarot and reading tarot and my clients. And then I'd end up on TV, she said. But uh, remember, this was in the 80s. So she's talking about TV. So we didn't know about YouTube then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did get on TV once or twice, but that was it. It was YouTube she was talking about. And then yeah, she said yeah. later in my life, I would um, finally meet my soulmate, but it would likely be after like uh, my huge career. And I had to focus on my career and my career came first. Cause if I tried to make my personal life more important, uh, I, the, my, my karma would kick in anyway, all of it's Interesting. true. It's still happening, what she said. It was the best thing ever. Anyway, I thought she was nuts. And I said, no, I'm not going to be a tarot card reader. I'm going to be a stewardess, I told her. And she said, you will never be a stewardess, sweetie. Never. The <laughs> universe is, is going to rip up your applications. And I was like, what? Oh, man, it was like I applied to every airline and even lied because of my French name. I even said, oh, I speak French, which, of course, I don't speak any French. I was brought up in Alberta, and we're not encouraged to speak French. But I had a very French name, Morigeau, Janine Morigeau. That's my, my, my original name, and that's what I still use. And I was trying to you know, convince them because back in those days, you had to, if you wanted to get in a good airline, you had to speak English and French. Wow. For Canada, right? You yeah. get on a good airline. And no, nobody even, they didn't even call me or write me back. And I applied nonstop, probably for six months. Nobody even uh, answered me. So obviously, I wasn't meant to be a stewardess. And then somebody gave me a deck of cards. I think that same intuitive friend dropped a deck of cards in my hand for my birthday. It was a Thoth deck. Ooh. Yeah, the Thoth deck. And uh, so she drops this deck of cards in my hand. And then I had a weird spiritual experience where I literally, in my memory, I actually fell back in a sort of a faint. So I had a, a moment where I wasn't in the room. And I became, uh, this is going to sound funny, a cougar. Interesting. Like it was shaped like a panther, but it was golden. So I think it was a must have been a cougar. So I was a golden looking sort of panther. I love panthers, by the way, but I, uh, but I likely it was a cougar. And yeah. uh, I became this cougar and I was very ferocious when I had my cards in my hand. I, I was ferocious. And what I, what I was told in that moment of like, it was a vision. Yeah. I was told that I, I have to protect uh, and use the cards in the most integral way and bring the truth and uh, spiritually lead people with my cards. And that also in the vision, I was dating this guy at the time of my birthday party. And apparently he was really bad for me, according to the cards, Scorpio guy. And the cards said, okay, yeah, get rid of this guy. Uh, like not the cards, but my vision. So the cougar, when I came out of it, I was still... Uh, feeling like I was shape-shifted into a panther or a cougar. And I literally sort of lounged, lunged at the guy. And I sort of came back to myself and went, oh, my goodness, right? 
And uh, I literally oh. had to drop that guy like a hot potato because I realized <laughs> my work's going to be more important than my love life and get yeah. over it. And uh, I have to always not let anybody get in the way of my work. Uh, n- nobody. Yeah. Like, don't get yeah. laid by people that uh, tell you, you know, like, so do this, basically. And uh, this is going to be my life work. And then I started looking for a teacher um, for another really good friend of mine. She actually found this teacher, Connie Leonard. So within a week or two or three from that experience, we had a teacher lined up, somebody that was teaching Carol. I don't know if I got the timelines right, but it seemed like it was fast. So now I got my Thoth deck, which is another fantastic deck, by the way. And I often use it for personal readings. And it's got a really bad reputation in the world. Because Alistair Crowley had a lot to do with it. But the woman who painted the paintings that created the deck was brilliant and very spiritual. So we have this male-female thing in the and the bad and the good in there. So it makes it a really balanced deck to use. So how you use it. It's going to be tricky, but you just need to be really integral. Interesting. Yeah, you need to, you have to be really personally empowered and know what side of the fence you sit on to use tarot. Otherwise, you can be, uh, you know, moved over. But I know exactly where I sit with it. That's a really good point. And I think that's, I think that's probably one of the bigger misconceptions nowadays is people are so quick to negate their shadow side or the darker aspects of mm-hmm. human nature that they are imbalanced themselves. I'm a Libra, so I'm all about the harmony and balance. So, awesome. you know, for me, it's it's been yeah. that journey of growth. But even in your life, just hearing just now, I mean, it sounds like you've really been, I would say, nurtured by spirit, even in yeah. the beginning, you know, yeah. in, the, in the incubator to all the way through now, that's just always been guiding you towards this path of healing and yeah. upliftment and empowerment. And I really want to hear more about like the, the learning journey of tarot because learning tarot and coming into the understanding of just how dark some of this world can be. How have you helped people in your knowing of kind of shining light into their dark shadows and corners through the healing journey? Um, uh, you know, I thought a lot about that. And uh, I, again, I'm going to bring up some astrologies. Uh, astrologers will get this. Okay. I have a Scorpio moon. So I was born on a full moon, Taurus, Sun, Scorpio moon. And uh, Scorpio moons, so your moon sign indicates past life patterns. Mm. So likely with a Scorpio moon, it's definitely not considered in a good placement. Okay, but it's obviously how you use things. But a Scorpio moons are survivors and usually of Mm. ritual abuse lifetimes of enslavement, sexual abuse, and could have been sexual abusers as well. So everything's Mm. very dark and murky. Like I feel like I was in those tunnels once I heard about the tunnels and stuff and enslaved, you know, in, yeah, yeah, a lot of healing to do around, which is likely why relationship stuff and intimate relationships are always kind of messy. And I, and I've been (laughs) avoiding them actually for the last six years or so. (laughs) <laughs> because yeah I'm not that good at you know I'm trying to be good at them and I want it to be I know spiritually what I need and want but just getting over there from lifetimes of not trusting so you come yeah. into the world with all of this baggage like your moon sign indicates where, where your baggage is really and what you're trying to move away from and your sun sign you're trying to move into your sun you're trying to become the good traits of your sun and let go of the negative traits. And if your sun and moon are the same, it just means letting go really intensely of the negative traits of that and then moving into the positive. So, yeah, they're so, it's so fascinating. But with my Scorpio moon, I already had an ability because us. Uh, uh, prolonged sexual abuse and or uh, you know sorry to talk about stuff like this but those oh, kind no, of no. lifetimes you have to survive them so a big reason why the uh, cult families abuse their own children in the gross ways that they do and have them go through all those conditionings and from yeah. young ages abuse them sexually and hideous things that they do it's to in heighten their intuition so one of the biggest things that happens when when you've been abused like that is your third yeah, separate. Up really. Yeah, and then really phase out of the body people. and yeah, <laughs> right. You have to just to survive. So people with Scorpio moons usually have 
are coming here already intuitive. And we, you know, they don't always use them and they don't always go the route that I chose, but um, you, you already are like really, really connected spiritually because you had to just yeah. survive those lifetimes. So anyway, and, and people this lifetime, if that happened to them, often the gift that comes out of it is intuition. And this woman, she's an example of that. This, this reader, she was abused like that and became a brilliant psychic. But of course, she'll have lifetimes oh. of healing to get past That's all of that. Fascinating. But I, anyway, so I, I attract people who have, you know, like all of us, uh, dark secrets or whatever, not all of my clients, but a lot of them. And if they do, I can hold it. They can trust me and I'm not going to get offended by it or squeamish or uh, oh. it doesn't scare me. And another thing that doesn't scare me is the dark cult. Uh, they get like, bring it on because uh, demons aren't uh, getting me this lifetime. Yeah. Like I am fearless, literally fearless. Another Scorpio moon trait. We literally believe we're like, you can't get us because mm -hmm. we've been so got so many lifetimes that A, I got spidey sense. I can spot a pedophile or creepy creep or someone who's going to do me harm yeah. from a mile away. If they're near me or my kids or my loved ones, uh, I will not consent this lifetime. So nobody's getting me this lifetime. That's one good thing. And I can hold all your darkness so if you have a really scary situation, you want to talk about it with Tarot and we make an agreement and we work together, uh, I got you. Uh, I don't, I'm not offended yeah. by it. I'm not weird about it. Uh, we can, but I'm also not feeling sorry for you. I'm going to try to understand how we can turn this around and you can survive it because I have. And you can become your best self with it because guess what? Why let... Uh, hideous people from your past uh, yeah. ruin your now we're not going to do that so I'm kind of a warrior for I don't allow people to be victims and I'm not going to be one I'll yeah. tell you that I don't believe in it no way so I'm going to help you Ooh, empower yourself that was that. one of the best sales pitch I've ever heard and it's when it comes back to that point where you know <laughs> the brightest lights in this world and this is you know coming from other healers and you know light workers and those that are tapped in to just personal experience where we always have to kind of go to the darkest corners, you know, to really help illuminate the shadows in others' hearts. And I think that's, it's funny that you talk about that and the survivor theme and waking up and empowering yourself from being abused has really come full front. I know personally, I have a kind of trove of clients who have come in and they're survivors. You know, they were trafficked. Yeah. They dealt with the yeah. businessmen, the elites dealing, doing a lot of darker, nasty things. And yeah. it's such a yeah. taboo nowadays, like mental health. Have, like there's so many people that have had these types of yeah. forced projections, like forced astral projection from getting abused as a child and yeah. dealing with the issues yeah. manifesting in their later early adulthood or later life that... I really hope that as a society, we're coming around that corner where this stuff's going to be more open to talk about that others can really yeah. enlighten other beings to understand that this is a common thing that happens. Yeah. And it's, it's wild to me it's, though. Yeah. Still like, well, I guess one of the cool questions that I'm kind of curious about to dive with you into is the cards reveal things to you. You do them for practical things with personal stuff. Others kind of have you, you get help from others, but what has been the biggest curveballs that the cards don't show you? Because I understand that spirit always has to give us lessons in different ways. And some of them we're not allowed to see coming. So what were some of the bigger ones that kind of brought you to this point of those deep lessons? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. So sometimes they'll hide things, even from, you know, you as a reader for your clients, because they're not ready to hear it yet. I always know that whatever comes out, is just what needs to be coming out now. Like I trust that a hundred percent now, cause I've been doing it for so many years. Like it's just, it's breath to me. I just, I don't want to think about <laughs> yeah. it. So, oh, I read about that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, whatever I'll read about whatever. Yeah. So what I think is, so it's about trusting it, but um, yeah, it's thrown me so many curveballs. Like, like the whole Trump thing, it started going, uh, nope, you're dead wrong about this. And and when I was ready to hear it, but I think I had to really know what it's like to be mm. brainwashed by mainstream media and then open my eyes to it. It all happened really fast. It doesn't always happen fast for people. But the cards, when I was ready, went, 
here's how it is, but not till I was ready to know. And they did it in degrees and then just kept revealing and revealing. And I think that's what's happening, even in the readings we're getting now. So when I first mm. read Diana, Princess Diana, uh, she clearly wanted us to know about her death was planned and who planned yeah. and how it all went down. Okay, but then it was revealed later that possibly she's spent time off world and didn't and like uh, things changed and it's like what i thought i think i um, think when people are ready things come out and that 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 can be confusing yeah. and irritating for people but i, I just trust stuff like that because my whole life was just a series of that kind of reveals too it's like that's okay. probably the coolest and most reassuring thing where you know it's coming from that space of the heart because it's a trust and a faith established through experiential knowing, or as I call it, like the highest form of knowing. You know, you've been given this opportunity to see tarot readings playing out. You've been given the opportunity to see these coincidences of the universe just throwing you all the signs and meeting and connecting with different people. I mean, honestly, like this is something that, do you teach courses online or oh, yeah. is it just, okay, yeah, cool. I do. Yeah. Interesting. So what's yeah. a typical course? Is it just a few different days or is it one day or? Well, I prefer it to be eight weeks, two and a half hours a week that over years and years of teaching, but I would have classes that would uh, 10 or 15. One time I had 26 in a class. That was a lot, but um, sometimes only five in the class, you know, depends, mm. but they was always perfect, whatever. And I would do it. I started out in basements, like the New Age bookstore basement for years. We were down there. It was really bad atmosphere. But we we got into some great classes down there. So that was fun. And then we moved out of there and just various places. I've had it in my living room many, many years in a row. So lots of years of doing that. And I would always do it in the fall and winter. I'd usually do a fall winter. And I have a series of three that I would do. So I do beginners, intermediate and advanced. And most of the people in the beginner would go all the way to the advanced. Uh, and I would always teach astrology. So the advanced was actually, we would work mm -hmm. on our charts. Everybody would bring their chart and we'd go through their, and we'd learn how to be sort of very basic astrology. Cause I'm, I can only teach basic astrology. I'm not a, you know, I've been studying it for years and years and years, but I'm definitely not advanced astrologer, but I'm really good mm -hmm. at the basics. So I would teach them just enough to make them better readers. And we would also yeah. touch base on numerology. So, so three sessions of eight weeks would be a really thorough. And now I'm teaching just uh, Patreon. So I went through all the things I would teach that class. Mm. I have those all up. If you go to the Patreon uh, site, I have it all. It's under Janine Morijo. I have it all just in the same sequence. I would do it. So you just have to find okay. lesson number one, number two, number go yeah, through yeah, every yeah. single card and then practice, practice, practice. And that you can just keep watching the videos, right? And then yeah, we go yeah. through the basic layouts. I even think I did a zodiac layout lesson there. I'm not, I got to look back and make sure I did. But I put a whole bunch of lessons up there, but I also do lives. So, like this Saturday, I'm going to do a live where people can just question, answer all the people on Patreon that have, are going through all the classes. Some of them just started, right? right? They're at varying degrees, but we could just uh, bounce questions around on a live. That'll be fun. And yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to try to dedicate more to the Patreon. And then the other thing I do is uh, I work out of a class. So there's an online class now. It started up with the lockdowns. Uh, this mm. wonderful woman, Sherry, she has a sort of a teaching school called Divinely Guided Children. And it's I taught a child children class there, but we're doing adult ones on there now. So I'm yeah. teaching one all through May. It'll only be four weeks, four hours, but that'll be just getting your feet wet. Yeah. yeah. Could you imagine that just seeing a bunch of like elementary school kids doing different readings and like meditating and yeah. then talking to each other about their spiritual experiences? Oh, like they the were world. brilliant in that class. Like every one of those children were just gems and they're mm. probably more evolved than most adults. I know, like I believe it should be in the curriculum, honestly, astrology, numerology, tarot should be in the curriculum. Well, and see, this is one of the things that was really interesting when looking into the 
the history of tarot, I got into the connections with astrology, and I came to actually recognize that astrology was taught. I mean, I've always known historically, like they used astrology to determine people's jobs, military ranks, like in all these different ancient cultures. But astrology used to be like integrated with the cult, like the universities. It used to be normally taught back in the day, and then they kind of axed it. And that brings it back into like the corruption of the institutions and even just church. Like, I remember what was it, the Council of Nicaea, when they said, "Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna scrub out reincarnation." Yeah. Like, we're imagine hiding, how much. Yeah, hiding knowledge to dumb us down about it yeah. was starting, you know, right from the beginning. Exactly, and then, again, it comes back to that point where imagine how different society would be if they knew your soul came here to learn lessons. Yeah. Just that subtle switch of just yeah. getting out of the temporary, getting out of the the rat race of personhood. Yeah. And awakening on these deeper levels. Mm. I've been reminding my clients of that for 35 years. Oh, yeah. Just ask them. I'm always like, okay, well, what are we learning? <laughs> well, why are you, do you keep repeating that pattern? Maybe you want to choose not to. Love it. I love it. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's the questions we overlook the most that have the most to reveal to us in this experience. And with everything of how distracted people become and immersed in the play, they rarely catch a break, so it causes a catalyst to really wake them up. Well, I was going to ask if is it okay to ask for a reading for like May or anything like that, or is that <laughs> a reading for May? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, because what is we're talking about all the the energies, the the changes upon the society. What is May going to reveal to us? Three cards, because like obviously it's hard to get a visual when you're like this, right? So, ooh, right away. Oh boy, remember this? That Hierophant comes up all the time lately. Okay, so six of wands. Let's mm. see if we can get it better there. Okay, so a victory, a victory. And it has something to do with uh, the Hierophant, which is my deep state dark cult, otherwise known as Cabal slash Illuminati card. Okay, so some kind of victory uh, with those guys getting taken down. I think uh, we have a big victory coming in May around the takedown. Because look at how it's aspected. Yeah. Uh, they've got this brilliant card on this side. So this happens, and it does this to these guys. Wow. So uh, I think we'll have a real understanding of uh, these guys have been taken down. Remember when, uh, remember when, um, who was it? Oh, the leader of uh, Russia announced that they kicked out the cabal and the Illuminati out of uh, oh, yeah. Russia. I loved it. I, I wanted to hug that guy. Okay. I, I think he was replaced. The real guy was probably a bad guy, but he was replaced mm -hmm. a long time ago. So he's not the original um, Putin, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Lots of people believe that, but I saw it in the cards too. Anyway, he said, no, we, we took those guys down. So yeah. Good, good people. I don't know who put him in place. He was he replaced the bad guy, but anyways, yeah, they're taking that. down the cabal people. We're gonna yeah. see it. We're gonna see some some evidence, and that's what we need some evidence. Yay! Yeah, yeah. No, and that's the fascinating thing with the Russia angle is people forget that they've already gone revolutionary wise. Like they've already gone through the spiritual reform. You know, that's what a lot of Americans and a lot of like the Western world is we're going through it right now is kind of the first thing you have to reveal the truth and then you have to learn how to live with the truth and they've already awakened that like even with the ET angle and everything that they talk about they're a lot more open about mm -hmm. spiritual the woo the extraterrestrial aspect of yeah. life than we are over here and yeah. I've always found that fascinating how they're so demonized but then when you start to recognize the plays yeah yeah now we know now we know exactly why they are yeah. 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 And with that, again, I just want to say thank you so much, Judy, for coming on the show. We got to wrap this episode up, but tune in for the after show. And other than that, take care. Thanks for watching. Don't forget to subscribe. Check out all the aspects of our channel and roll the outro. And that concludes this episode of Creatives Chat. Thank you for watching. 
Join us every Thursday at 3.33 p.m. Pacific Daily Time as creative minds get together and chat about who knows what. View more episodes on our YouTube channel. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Thanks again to our sponsors for making this show possible. Thank you, We Are Storically, for your conscious human apparel. Shop online at wearehistorically.com. Hi, I'm Darius Wilrich. I'll teach you everything you need to know about playing jazz piano like a pro with my 12-week online video course and downloadable guidebook, Jazz Piano Pro Essentials. Enroll today at jazzpianopro.com. Thank you for joining us. And because spirits don't scare me one bit, by the way, spirit yeah. world is not scary. And I spend my whole day in it. If you think about it, all I'm doing is talking. It's like, okay, uh, whatever. And they talk to me all day sometimes, right? Yeah. The higher universe is always chatting with me. Yeah. Like it just keeping me in line, like keeping me honest and also keeping me humble. <laughs> like there's no way I didn't know any any of these spiritual values and ideas I now have. I was taught them all through reading cards for people. I had no mm. idea about uh, past lives until the cards started talking about. It. So I'm channeling all this stuff. And then I went, oh, is that how it works? I'm learning as I'm, I'm it's coming out my mouth. But I'm telling you, I didn't think about it intellectually. I'll tell you. And then I'll read a book and it says the very same thing, like wow. crazy. Yeah. So it's like, okay, a spirit world already told me that. Yeah. And then being advised by your own advice is always one of those ones like, ooh. It's like, wow, <laughs> did that just come out my mouth? Awesome. And everybody have a happy always. Yeah. Oh, yeah.